Blog Talk Radio. everything you want it to be? Are you living a fulfilled, passionate life empowered with choices that ignite you to the next level? Good love makes your whole life better. So join America's good love doctor, Dr. Brenda Wade, on a journey to your healthiest life yet. A regular on Dr. Oz and Dr. Drew, she's appeared on Oprah, Good Morning America, and is featured in countless publications from USA Today to Essence Magazine. The creator of life-changing Get Unstuck Now, Love, Money, and Save a Seminars, she's counseled millions, but today she's here just for you with the hottest topics, guests, and trends. This is Good Love with Dr. Brenda Wade. Hi there, everybody. I am so thrilled to be with you for another installment of Good Love with Dr. Brenda Wade. I'm your very own Good Love Doctor. Have you ever wondered why your relationships don't work out? Or wondered why your relationships feel like a roller coaster, even though you start out with so much love and passion and joy, and then there's this pattern that creeps in right around the two-year point, or for some people, it's the one-year point. For some, it's the six-year point. Things just fall apart. What is happening? Is it possible that you are a relationship saboteur? Or maybe you have a secret relationship saboteur problem. So tonight, we're going to talk about when love Stumbled, and that happens to be the title of a book by our powerhouse guest for tonight's show, Dr. Randy Gunther. She's the author of Relationship Saboteurs and of When Love Stumbles. And this week and every week right here on the Good Love Radio Show, we're going to talk about the keys to good love. And knowing that you deserve good love. Now, you know our mantra. Our mantra is, and I want you to say it with me, I am worthy. Yes, you are. I am worthy. And I am deserving. And I am so lovable. Because it all ends and begins with how we feel about ourselves. I want you to practice that. Practice that so your brain builds a new self-love Pattern. And Dr. Randy and I will be talking about what that has to do with your love saboteur problem in just a minute. And I want to remind you that good love is essential to your greatness. The more you know about love, the better you are at love. It makes you a better person, right? Common sense right there, everybody. We all know that. And we're going to look at how to identify your negative love patterns, especially tonight. 
your negative love saboteur problems and patterns, the ones that just creep in without you even knowing it. And of course, we're going to look at how you can break the chains of what happened then so you are free, I said free, to experience what's happening now. Okay, you can call in. We want to hear from you. I'd love to hear from you. You can call us at 347-989-0776. And when you dial in, 347-989-0776, just push the number one on your handset on your phone, and Cliff is standing by to answer the phone, and we will listen to your questions live. Now, you can hit us back on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, send us questions via Facebook also. Now, let's get into tonight's topic. I want to know, what is your personal experience with love saboteurs? Have you ever caught yourself sabotaging love? Call us and tell us about it. Do you know somebody who sabotaged love with you? Let's talk about it, everybody. Let's get in this conversation so we can all help one another to break free. Let me tell you about today's wonderful guest. We have Dr. Randy Gunther, who's a clinical psychologist and a marriage counselor practicing in lovely Southern California. In her 40-year career, she's accumulated, get this, over 90,000 face-to-face hours with individuals and couples. She's the author of the two books I've mentioned, Love Saboteurs and When Love Stumbles. And she inspires her readers to move beyond those limiting patterns I mentioned and create successful relationships. And tonight she's right here to help us do exactly that. Now, again, join the conversation. Hit us back on Facebook at Dr. Brenda Wade or follow us on Twitter. And, again, that call-in number, take it down, 347-989-0776 and click 1 to join our live discussion. All right, come on, Dr. Randy Gunther. How are you tonight? Well, it's the end of a work day. The sun is shining, and I'm about to make a new friend. What could be better? Oh, <laughs> that sounds like a winning formula. I'm right and, there. Yeah, thank God for California sunshine. We are mightily blessed in that. So tell us a little bit, Dr. Randy, what is it that inspired you in the first place to go into the field of marriage counseling? Whoa, how many days have you got? <laughs> well, you know. I, I've been with the same partner, although probably at least 12 or 15 different people because I bore easily, but the same person uh, since I was 14. So, you know, you grow up off of each other and you learn what works and what doesn't work and you don't quit and you keep understanding why you're back together and you don't want to do that in an obligatory way. You want to do that in giving birth to a new relationship all the time. So I went back to school when I was 35 after putting him through and spent the next nine years with my three daughters losing a mother and gaining a hero. And ah. from all that life and, and going to school and learning and then you know, going everywhere I could to understand how relationships really do work and why they stay together and what people have to do to give up old patterns. 
and to reaffirm each other in an an ever-ending transformational process. So I feel like I've learned from the bottom up, and I've learned from all the wonderful people who have allowed me to be part of their lives. And I I really know how people can stay together and have the best of two worlds, security, comfort, a best friend, and also novelty, challenge, transformation, so that what you have is you have individual growth and freedom within the commitment of two people who believe in the same soul, the same goal. And the same wow. Heart. That is a lot in one relationship, and especially when you mention the word novelty, because so often I've heard, and I know you've heard this too, when couples come in, they say they've gotten bored and they say they've grown apart. So tell us a bit. Now, I've got a chance to look at some of the steps in your book. And tell us a little bit about how those steps can keep us from stumbling and falling in relationship or sabotaging relationship. Because it's novelty piece, a lot of people stumble with that one, looking for novelty outside the relationship. Well, you know, the difficulty is, of course, when, when people tell me we can finish each other's sentences, I say to them, why do you bother talking? There's no point in it. People don't go apart. They grow too much the same. They stop challenging each other. They stop transforming. They continue to do patterns that have not worked in the past. It's almost like, you know, when people first date, Brenda, they are hunting. They are focused. Their dopamine is flying. Their testosterone is flying. You know, they keep up on the latest things that are going on. They keep themselves in shape. And, man, when they hunt, they hunt in a focused way, putting the best foot forward. People are good at that. What they're not good at is maintenance. You know, they maintain their cars, they maintain their computers, but they begin to treat their relationship like a pit stop. They give the best of themselves everywhere else, and they come home and expect somehow that they're going to be nurtured so they can go out and keep doing that. And the relationship wow. it, 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 the relationship becomes a place where people sort of end up at the end of the day, you know, where they start off at the beginning, they walk in the door, hi, honey, how are you? How was your day? What's going on? And then within a while, it's like, oh, where's the mail? And I need to take a shower. And, well, I'm on the computer. And it's like, you know, when I say to people when they come in to see me, where are you at your very best in the world? Often don't say their relationship. It's like, you know, it doesn't take a rocket science to figure that out. Yes, I've seen it so many times. I totally get what you're saying. Uh And I'll bet every one of our listeners, now, all right, everybody, you don't have to hang your head in shame if you know you give your best outside your relationship because Dr. Randy is going to help all of us course correct. But, you know, that whole thing that happens in the brain where what is novel is what we want to hunt, that is crucial because when we get too familiar and we just get, you know, some people say they just get lazy and they don't make any effort. That's when the relationship starts to lose its juice and its energy, yeah? Absolutely. And then you get in all of life, you get out of life what you put into it. And when people start taking each other for granted, they don't really challenge one another. They're so attached to holding the relationship together and being secure, which, by the way, is an illusion, that they are blackmailed by their fear of loss. Now, hold on one second. Did you just say security was an illusion? Is that what Absolutely. How can you plan the future? How do you know what's going to happen? I can spend every day in here in tragedy, 
and I know that you can't control the future. You may try to influence it, but if people start with a goal and work backwards, they've lost all their capacity to transform. So, you know, security, you know, security and commitment is something people look back on. If you really look to the future, the people that take the most risk, the people that are the most alive, the people who are most willing to challenge each other down to the core of their being, you know, like be an anthropologist into yourself. Would you, would you date you? And if you wouldn't, why aren't you doing something about that? And if, okay, you, know, so and if you, you are, in fact, repeating the same patterns no way, over and over and over Randy. again and they're not working, why wouldn't you challenge oh. that? Hold on, we've got to talk about that. Okay. Would you date yourself? Ooh, ouch. Would yeah. you date yourself, everybody? Think about that. Now, if you wouldn't date yourself, we're going to have to clean that up, right, Dr. No, I would think so. You know, people leave relationships and they do everything right again, and of course they secure a new relationship. If they put 15, 20% of that into the relationship they had, they could probably regenerate it. Yeah, so put 15, now everybody put this down. You only need to put 15 to 20% of the energy that you put out in the world back into your relationship. So for those who think, oh my God, it's overwhelming, just think only 15 to 20%. And what 15 to 20% is most important? Treat your relationship Enter it like an anthropologist. Now, back up on that. What does that mean? Well, it means enter it like human, an anthropologist. Every human being is a culture unto himself. We come now, into this Randy, world. We come into this world with a post. Can I stop you for post. ten seconds, Randy? Yeah. We're having a little bit of an audio problem. Okay. I don't know if we clean that up on your phone, but there's like a scratchy, scratchy. Anything we can do to clean that up? Uh, I can try. Oh, good. Is that Thank better you. right now? You know what? That's much better. Whatever you did worked. was much okay, better. Okay, great. We're back on. Super. So you're saying to enter the relationship like an anthropologist means... Well, you can enter a relationship one of three ways. As a conqueror, you know, I'm going to make this person do what I want them to do. As a missionary, I'm going to teach them the right way to live. Or as an anthropologist, you know, this person existed before me, may exist after me. I have to enter with reverence and respect for what exists. And I'm going to bring to that. Yeah, I'm sorry. We're still having that crackling sound. I wonder, um, are you on speaker or on a headset? Anything no, no, I'm not on a headset. I'm on a speaker. I'm on a regular telephone. Wow. Okay. Well, everybody, listen really, really hard because Dr. Randy's got some great things to share and we'll work around the crackles. Okay. I hope so. I'm, 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 okay. I'm on a landline, which don't exist very much in the world, but here I am. <laughs> Old school is the best way to go. We're talking about radio. Okay, go right ahead. People enter a relationship usually in one of three ways. They want to change that person like from a highfalutin place, you know they're better than them, and they want to show them the right way to live. Or they come in and they want the person just to obey them. But if you come into a relationship as an anthropologist, you know yourself deeply. You're entering another culture. You know you're going to have to use translation as an art form to be able to understand how another person experiences you. You know deeply who you are, what you want. You know what you're like. You know what you're good at. You know what you're not good at. You're you're actually a work in progress. You're great at some things. You're working on other things. You sort of suck at other things. But you are willing to stand up and say, I'm a work in progress. This is who I am. 
This is what I bring to your culture. This is my culture. I'm a combination of who I was born to be, my genetics, my experiences, my traumas, my sorrows, the things I was taught to believe, my biases and limitations. I'm a product of all those things. But you know something? Here I am, and I'm 100% open. And tell me who you are, and let's find out how we can create a greater culture that can incorporate both of us without taking away our dreams, our individual dreams, our ability to transform, our, our seeking, our journey to become the best person we were meant to be in each other's presence. That's what you bring to a great relationship. So that you can't Okay, so the key here, now let me just get these steps down. You're saying right. the key is you could go in the relationship like a conqueror, which means you're going to become a control freak in that Absolutely. relationship. Absolutely, and you have to be right all the time. Right. Yes, and you have to be right. Ooh, ouch. have to be right all the time. Uh-huh. Look out, everybody. Now, if you see that, then you've come into conquer. Or you're the missionary. I'm going to tell you the right way to do everything. Well, because I have... You know what, Randy? Yeah. I've noticed, and I'm sure you have, most of us are not aware if we are in a conquering or a missionary pattern. But whether you're aware of it or not, everybody, what if you play around with being the anthropologist who is curious, curious? I'm hearing oh, totally you say, and, and oh, let's be curious. You know, then your decision is, I'm going to understand this individual to the core of my being. I'm not going to come in with prejudgment. I'm not going to let my biases turn me off. I'm just going to learn to the core of my being. Who is this human being? Why are they on this earth? Why are we together? What have we come together to create? We're not a sim- we're not a symbiotic four-legged blob. We are going to be a synergistic couple who makes more than the sum of the parts. That's what we're going to do together because that's why we're together. So, you know, in, in, you, know, you begin a relationship by knowing yourself so deeply. You know, where, where am I? Like I said, would I date myself? And if not... What can I change and who I can become that would make me, to me, a more interesting and exciting person to be with? You know, you make me think about a friend of mine. You probably know uh, Stephen and Andrea Levine, who wrote a number of books, including Embracing the Beloved. And uh, Stephen and Andrea worked with me on one of my books, and we were talking. And he was doing groups for people who were terminally ill or who were um, in catastrophic illness. Yes. and teaching them Buddhist principles. And that's how he met Andrea. So he met her. They fell in love with one another. She had a life-threatening illness, and he went to his spiritual teacher, and he said, I've met this woman. I am so in love with her, but I can't marry her. And his teacher said, you mean because she's ill and she might die? And Stephen said, no, 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 I don't care about that. Our connection is so strong, it transcends the illness. He said, I can't marry her because she'll take me off my spiritual path. I'll stop growing. And his teacher started laughing and said, are you kidding me? Get married. It's the best spiritual path. You'll grow more than any other path you'll ever be on. Well, when people are, your um, point. Well, I, you know, when people are not committed to each other, but committed in parallel, kneeling to the same altar place, it's constantly trans- transforming. But at any one moment, they agree on the ethics and behavior and dreams of that altar place. And they want the other person, they know the other person is going to be there because they want to be, not because they're obligated to be or they promise something they can't deliver. So many people early on in a relationship want so much to be loved. 
that they will actually turn and twist themselves like a chameleon to be the person they think that other person wants. Well, that can only last so long. You know, eventually our realness is going to emerge, our authenticity is going to emerge, and the other person on the other end signed a deal that they don't end up getting. That doesn't work. So what? that's one of those sabotage patterns is that people turn themselves into chameleons. What are some of the other sabotage patterns? Uh, well, people will come really into, uh, you know, but people will come into relationship wanting to be rescued, for instance, and they offer it on the other end of being rescued. I'll do anything, you know. I'll be good. I'll be. I'll. I'll, I'll do what you want me to do. I'll be the person you want me to be. Well, in case you know, you probably have experienced this, Brenda. But when people are rescued, they're never fully rescued. As soon as they're rescued a little bit, they need to be rescued again. If they are reassured, they need to be reassured again and again and again and again. So the person that comes into their life to rescue them ends up with either a person who's completely dependent on them or a person who can never be okay. So it doesn't work over time, the partner. Just like if, if a person you know, wants, to become a, wants to deliver a pessimist out of his or her deep cynicism of life, and they throw those, those pom-poms all over the place. They keep over and over trying to reassure them that life could be good, life can be good, life can be good. But this pessimist is wedded to his or her identity as being bitter and miserable. Over time, what happens is the person who is all for them says, my pom-poms are heavy, I'm done. And they walk out, and the pessimist says, see, I told you nobody could love me enough. Exactly. And exactly. they go back and I have seen that, that over and over. Oh, yes. yeah, for sure. Or a person comes in. I had they, one guy say, I'll never forget this. Uh, not that I've ever done any rescuing myself, <clears throat> but I do remember doing a little. And when I finally had enough of it, uh, the person I was with said, I always knew you'd leave me. Ooh, ouch. All right, everybody, if you would like to join this conversation, if you've been doing some love sabotaging, or if you might know somebody else who's done some love sabotaging, Call us, join the conversation, or hit us back on Facebook at Dr. Brenda Wade. You can send us a question via Twitter, uh, hashtag Dr. Brenda Wade, or call that phone number. That number is 347-989-0776. And you can ask Dr. Randy a question about a love saboteur. And we may have a question coming in via Facebook. And I'll share that with you in one sec. One sec, we'll get that question. And, Randy, we've got two patterns here. Now, we've got the person who wants to be rescued. And, of course, you can never rescue them, as you pointed out. And in a way, you see, they don't really want to be rescued, right? Right. Well, you want to be rescued, but you don't want to be controlled. You can't be rescued without giving away your power. Ah, interesting. Okay, if you want to be rescued, secretly what you want is to be controlled. No, you don't want to be controlled. You don't want to be. You give yourself away, you let the person rescue you, and then the person says, well, I rescued you, so I'm your new parental figure, so now you have to be the person I want you to be. And then you feel rebellious. No, I just want to be rescued. Right, here's our question, right on cue. Here's someone who says, I know I've been doing a lot of rescuing. How do I stop rescuing? Well, the first thing you want to say to yourself is, is that the way I buy into a relationship? Do exactly. I promise that for the rest of my life I will make this person safe? When is it going to be your turn? You know, when are you going to turn around? If you're going to rescue somebody, you're going to get a baby, obviously on the other end of you, someone who's dependent or codependent or wants you to continue feeding them or taking care of them. 
Are you going to get tired at some point? Are you going to feel martyred and taken advantage of or used? Because you haven't said up front you know, what you want out of the relationship. You're just telling that person they're going to be safe with you. Well, that will certainly bring people in because a lot of people are looking for havens and a place where they can be loved for exactly who they are. But ultimately, one-way relationships don't work. Over time, you're going to want something in exchange. You're a human being. You're not going to say, I'm just going to keep giving for the rest of my life. You're building a psychological bank with a hole in the bottom. And when you then go wow. to, to, you know, to gather what you need in return, there's nothing there. That person said, I signed on for you to take care of me. I never said I was going to take care of you. Oof. Ouch. Okay. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much. To Karen, who sent the question in about stopping resting. Karen, I hope that was helpful to you. Anyone else who would like to send a question via Facebook, hit us back on Dr. Brenda Wade on Facebook or call the number or we'll take Twitter questions as well. Hashtag Dr. Brenda Wade. So here's Let a me, really... I, I, Right now I am in the process of, I wrote a beautiful soul book called Heroic Love before I published my first two books. I was a new writer. Mm-hmm. I was over 70 years old. Nobody wanted to take a chance on me. And then maybe a few months ago, these wonderful people said, we found your first book. We love your ideas. Can we make it into an e-book? And I said, oh, yeah, for sure. So somewhere around the end of May, my first e-book is going to come out called Heroic Love. And I can tell you that Heroic Love would solve the problems of a lot of people who end relationships for the wrong reasons. And, and mm. I, have, I, have, I have some principles that I can talk to you about, about what heroic love is. It'll just well, touch first, the tell us, tell us what you mean by heroic love, because that sounds like a great book. And, you know, you and I are very much in sync, because I wrote a book called Power Choices, which uh-huh. is all about each of us being a hero in our own lives, Absolutely. on our individual journey. Now, how does the hero's journey take place when we talk about love. Talk to us. I love that title. All right. It's, it's, it's heroic love. It is my heart. It is a, a summation of everything I've ever believed in, and it works. I mean, when I teach people this, they look at me and they say, I've never looked at it this way before. So the first, the first concept that's critical is romantic love does not work. Romantic love is a crisscross parent-child relationship, and people even use words like, oh, you're my baby and I'll take care of you forever, and never change your hair from me, and we're always going to be exactly the same. It is absolutely stifling. It stops people from growing, and it doesn't work. So heroic love is non-possessive love. Heroic love means that I want you to be the most fulfilled, alive, successful, joyful human being in this world. And if it isn't with me, I want you to be where it will work for you. And interestingly enough, when you're on the other end of a person who believes in you like that, who is essentially the wind beneath your wings, who says to you, I want the best for you, don't ever be with me wishing you were somewhere else, guess what? Nobody leaves those people. It ends up being uh, much more positive. And because people grow unevenly, sometimes a person is the, is the support foundation for another person's growth. Sometimes that person is the person who is being supported. So you never have the comfort of, oh, we're going to be together in five years, 10 years, 15 years. But what you have is the moments are authentically open and kind and supportive. So it's not romantic. It's reality. It's the way people learn to be with each other because you never get tired of one another when you're each other's 
best friend and the president of one another's fan club. So wow, I love that definition. That is so exciting because it, it immediately means in order to be in heroic love, we've got to heal and change those old patterns you talked about just a moment ago, the wanting to be rescued or wanting to come in and be the conqueror or the missionary, we've got to actually do some growing. Now, can we just talk about that? Those oh, people sure. who come in doing, well, I'm just going to call it old school romantic love. Oh, so old there's no romantic, romantic love I'm going to possess you. What, what's the best route for those people? And, and let me throw in one more because I recently was talking with a couple that had a really severe sabotage problem because neither of them actually believes they're lovable. And they were both just sticking holes in the boat. The boat was about to sink. So what do you do, Randy? Because I know some of our listeners, whether they're listening live with us right now or whether they're listening later to the recording, are wondering, how do I break free of my love sabotage pattern? Well, you know, it is very, very natural for human beings to grow and change and transform. People stop themselves and squelch themselves from doing that because they're afraid of loss. You know, newness always brings with it anxiety. If I'm not a little bit anxious all the time in my relationship, I'm probably not learning anything. But people are afraid. They are attached to things. They don't want to lose something or they don't want to lose the option of getting something. So they come into a relationship with a script and they try to use that script over and over and over again. You know, the scripts, unfortunately, the scripts come from childhood. And most of us have a number of different people that play different roles as we grow up as a child. And we keep recreating that Broadway play by just replacing the roles. In fact, not only do we replace them, but we can, we can understudy any one of the roles if we're asked to play it. So I say to people, don't you, write, don't you want to write a new script? You don't have to do this anymore. Has this worked for you in the past? No then why don't we write a new script? Well, that's scary. That's dangerous. I won't know what to expect. I say, well, that's the point. If you don't know what to expect, you'll be, put, you'll, you'll be pushed into innovation, won't you? If you give up your rigidity and your biases and your old patterns don't work, won't you have to punt? Isn't it important to make room for something? You know, when I give a talk somewhere and people say to me, can I use your ideas? I say, if you don't take them from me, I won't create anything new. Oh, I love that. That is so good. So for everyone who is listening who wants to break free, and this is one of the things that we're committed to in each and every one of our programs, Randy, is giving people a way to break free of those old love patterns from the past. And everyone, Randy's giving you some gold here. She is saying we have a childhood script. You heard me talk about that before, how the brain gets programmed by the time we're eight. So an eight-year-old is probably running her love life unless you've changed the script. What about this, Randy? What if people were to sit down and actually write a new love script of how they want to show up in their love lives? let's Let's look at the corollary. What if somebody asked you, if you had to write a book about your life right now, what would the title be? Well, you, you might be able to come up with that title, and then you say, would somebody buy the book? <laughs> but, the, but the scary thing is, what if the book had the same title every year? Would you want to read it again? 
you know, the, the, where boredom starts is with the self. You know, you can't, you can't go into relationships and pretend that just because you have a different relationship, that's going to change you. That's being situation dependent. Boredom starts with self. You know, when have you, I, I will say sometimes to people in this office, if you've used the same expression more than 100 times, it's probably pretty old. Like somebody starts with, I'm sick of this. You say, well, apparently not sick enough. So mm. why, don't you, why don't you use a different phrase? You know, why don't you force yourself out of your own pattern to just look at things differently? Why don't you make yourself more interesting to yourself in this world? And, you know, if, mm-hmm. I, you know, try to tell people, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to take risks. Don't be afraid to tell the truth. Don't be afraid to open your heart. Don't be afraid to know yourself and your partner better in this world because, you know, you are constantly having the opportunity to give birth to yourself every single day again a new way. Why would you want to repeat the same patterns that have never worked before? And, okay, Randy, we have a question right on point. Here's a question from Facebook. This is from a gentleman. His name is Steve. Thanks for writing in, Steve. And Steve is saying, yes, Steve is saying to us, I have always been afraid of being abandoned. Well, you know, first, you know, first Steve is saying he's always afraid of being abandoned. So we're going to guess, Steve, that the rest of that would be that that somehow, of course, is impacting your relationships. Well, of course it would. And, you know, the word abandon, Steve, really is a word that only children use. You know, adults will say somebody's going to leave me or I'm going to end up being in this relationship. I'm going to have to kind of be on my own. But when you're fearful of being abandoned, you're probably, and I obviously don't know you, looking at people as trying to rescue from you from something that happened in your childhood that you felt you had no control over, that took something from you that was precious, that made you feel in some way, you know, destined for sorrow and heartache. So when you say to somebody, don't abandon me, the only thing a person can say to you is, well, if you behave in these particular ways and you act in a certain way, maybe I'll let you stay. Well, you know, that is not the same as being beloved. That is not the same as being beloved. When somebody holds you as a beloved, they're thrilled to have you around them. They don't want to lose connection with you. So when you say to somebody, please don't abandon me, you're essentially saying, what can I do to make you keep me around? And you'll start compromising who you are as a person and trying to do the dance that the other person is looking for. Well, when that happens... But that actually is one of those five steps that you identified, Randy, to help us redefine relationships. You've already talked about entering the relationship as an anthropologist. You call that intention to know yourself deeply without fear. And now you're actually talking about, so this is for you, Steve, okay, make a note here, to embrace your partner without attachment to the outcome. Because if you're worried you're going to be abandoned, then most likely, because I know you've seen this, Randy, my own experience is most likely we create what we're afraid of. We Very create awesome. it because somehow that belief will always change our thoughts, our feelings, our words, and most importantly, changes our behavior, creates drama in the relationship. Well, it cre- you know, it creates not knowing what's going to happen next. And that creates anxiety, but it also creates interest, intrigue, mystery, potential, possibility. 
you know, and, and it makes you think, well, how am I going to have to adjust and change to that? You actually become your own adventurer. You know, everybody wants to be with somebody who's in love with life. Everybody wants to be somebody who's in the process of being things, doing things. Like if you go to a party and somebody says, I'm retired, don't you find yourself turning away? When you meet someone and they say, oh, I'm in the process of learning how to do this and this and this, you say, oh, my God, that's so interesting. What made you do that? How, how do you so part of what you're saying is in the relationship, keep learning, keep growing, keep yourself moving forward so that you're interesting and stay interested in your partner. Absolutely. And, you know, when, when, when somebody masters you in some way, they do tend to feel, oh, well, I know you. I don't really have to put much more into it. No, much more, cause I already know what you're going to do. I happen to personally get a little perverse when I'm bored. I tend to be mischievous and not my best person. So I can say that, you know, with my husband Greg and I, and we'll be married next month, 60 years, that's 6-0, oh, whatever. Oh, my I know, God. Yeah, you know, 60 years? Yes. And interestingly enough, you know, I, I put him through school and he put me through school and we went. We were in therapy several years together because every time he would move sort of out of range, I'd say, wow, do, do I need to be me and lose him or do I need to follow him because he's in a better place than I am and I like the light that he's following. This looks pretty exciting and I'm not quitting that easily. We have too much invested here. And then I would do something really interesting and different and he'd get a little nervous and scared. You know, where are you going? Are you going to leave? And I said, I, I don't know. It's not my desire. It's not my want to do that, but I could. So I can tell you I've been mad and angry and sad and hurt and wounded and happy and joyful and whatever, but I have never been bored in this relationship. Never. Mm -hmm. Because every time I get to know him, he becomes God blessed something else. And I'm like, whoa, this is fascinating. I have the combination of a history with a very dear friend, and we're, I would say, and most people would agree, we're very incompatible people, you know, in a lot of ways. But I would never, I would never imagine my life not wanting to know the next step he's going to take. I'm excited about it. And I'll bet if we had him here, Randy, he'd say the same thing about you. Well, what is I would, your I would hope so. You're not letting grass grow under your feet, honey. No, no, I know. When I was going to school, you know, I was. We were in therapy together. It was kind of a sweet story, and I was so busy, and you know raising three children and go to school every night for nine years and getting all these degrees and learning and growing and changing. And we were sitting with our therapist one day, and Greg had tears in his eyes, and he said, you know, I'm going to make an appointment with you. I want to find out what people see in you. And I realized that I was, I was going home to get my feet rubbed and my back rubbed so that I could go back in the world and be a much more wonderful and exciting person than he lived with. And I looked at him and I said, I'm never going to do that again. You get prime time from now on. I don't care how tired I am. You're number one. Oh, that is taking us back. You know, there's an old Chinese proverb that says, always treat your beloved as if they are a most honored guest in your home. And, 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 and to add to that, Brenda, you know, every time a person leaves my office, I say goodbye forever. I don't know if I'll ever see that person again. And when they come back, it's like, oh, my God, another chance. You have to feel that way about your partner. You have no guarantee. That person can never come back for whatever reason. So when someone leaves, it's like you, you hold it reverence. It's like sacred. It's like goodbye and thank you for being with me. And I'm so grateful for this relationship and what I've learned. And then they walk back in and then you say, oh, my God, another chance. 
we're going to do this again. But we're well, you're touching way. on something very powerful when you say be grateful. You know, this again is one of those things that truly is important to be grateful for whoever is sharing our lives with us, whoever's on the journey with us. Because gratefulness makes you really stop and go, hmm, this is a gift. You bet. This and is you a don't gift. Take it not for, take that person for granted. You can't. You know, because if you do, you lose each other so quickly. It's like it becomes a ritualistic relationship of predictable experiences. Now, I'm not talking. There are times when a relationship shaky that you find your sweet spots, you go back to them, you remember why you came together in the first place, and you pay attention to that. And if you, you know, I'm writing an article now called essentially, you know, Speak Love and Write Anger. And very often I'll say to people, if you find yourself bickering a lot, make a deal where you can only say negative things on email, and you have to actually explain them, so you have to keep a record and read them and be accountable for them. And when you talk to each other, you can always only say things that are sweet and caring. And just do that until the relationship <laughs> kind of back on track again. It's really hard That's to a write great anger. exercise. Wow. Yeah. Because if you're writing out what you're angry about, you have to actually think about it. That's you funny. have to think about it. And you have to be accountable, man. You have to say well, those we've got emails. Well, we've got another Facebook messenger from somebody who is sounding pretty angry. He says, I caught my wife cheating, and I am furious. What should I do? Well, you know, first of all, as you probably have heard, that over 50% of couples that come into therapy have been betrayed in one way or another. It's a great heartache because the trust is challenged. It's extremely painful. But I can tell you something. Outside of serial cheaters, you know, and there are people that just are kind of sociopathic and kind of enjoy that sort of process of clandestine behavior, I can tell you that cheating usually happens devalue the relationship to the point where they're not as scared to leave it. And that so they've created a sort of a secret compartment of pulling themselves away from their partner and thinking and behaving and feeling things that they no longer share, i.e. they are no longer kneeling at that common altar place. So say for instance, say that you were devout Catholics together but your Catholicism wasn't fulfilling you. But you didn't want to lose your partner, so you start going to, off to a Buddhist meeting without telling anybody. And you start developing a whole side of you that's Buddhist that you are no longer sharing because you don't want to lose the bond you have with your partner, but you don't believe that he or she has the capacity to go with you into new places. So you start developing that kind of secret place where you're becoming a different person. At that particular point, you are much, much more likely to be responsive to somebody who has similar ideas. So it's very important, and I'm saddened for his anger and his sense of betrayal and woundedness, but you want to go back and say, when did we really lose each other? It didn't happen. It didn't happen right now. Are you, are you there? Yeah. Yes, I am. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, when did we lose one another? And this note came in unsigned, uh, so to Anonymous, who is in this very painful place, this is a great place. Sometimes we're in the most pain is when we're going to grow the most. It's painful. It's dark. It seems as if, you know, your world has blown up when you discover yeah. something uh-huh. like that. But it's important to do exactly what you're hearing Randy say right now. Start asking questions. When did we lose one another? Of course. What is it that you need from me? 
what what's going on here? Where did we stop? We just start asking questions. All questions at a time like this, except what's wrong with you, are good sure. questions. Questions that allow you to rediscover one another, rediscover yourselves. Before you know, most before often you women aren't cheating. I just want to add this one little thing and Randy, I don't know if you'll agree with this, but what I know about women cheating is it's a little different than men cheating. And the research that I've read says that women are usually cheating because they do feel ignored or devalued at home and someone else is giving them the attention and the compliments, etc., and they go toward the light. Men well, they, tend to want, based on the research, novelty and sex. Is that what you know, Randy? Well, you know, I do understand that men tend to be more motivated by their sexual desires and if a man if another man has been inside his woman he's much more pained than if she has an emotional love and a woman is much more pained if a man has an emotional love, whether it's consummated or not. Yes, those are two certainly those are the bookends. But when when this man is feeling this horrendous sense of sorrow or anger or whatever, it's like, how did you just know this? How did you just find this out? It's got to she's got to have given you signals. Now, when there is a loss like this, you know, most couples try to come back together again, but less than 10% of them really give rebirth to a new relationship. They sort of make do and they hold on to their anger and pain, and it comes out in other ways, and the relationship is damaged. It would be very very important for Steve to ask, does she still love me? Did she stop loving me? Does she want me back? Does she want to go away and be with this other person? You know, so much of that initial shock is alleviated when a person says, well, what's next? What do we do here? His his anger is 100% supportable. But he needs to say to himself, what do I want to do next? Do I want to fight for her? You know, I'm too angry at her. Do I feel too mortally wounded that I will never allow this person back in my life again? Or does he feel still feel tender feelings for her and what he's feeling is grief? Grief of, you know, an unalterable loss. And how has he dealt with grief before in his life? You know, how has he gotten through losses that have happened before? The most important question is, is does he still love her? And does she still love him? How far did they grow apart before this horrendous breach of trust occurred? You know, there are so many deep, important questions. And you said a few minutes ago, Brenda, which is true to my heart, pain stretches the heart, but it can also cause bitterness. When a person has the opportunity to look at themselves deeply, not very many people go beyond their limitations. They just justify them. You know, people argue for their limitations, like Richard Bach said, for sure they will have them. For sure they will be theirs. The moment of loss in this world that gives you the right to give birth to yourself again, so many people see as an ending, not a beginning. It's a beginning. Sorrow is a beginning to something new. But so many people don't see it that way. They see it as an unalterable end that's something they can never have back again. That's, so that's when there's this, yes, it is a tragedy. And when couples run into this heavy water, when things get tough, what is the most important thing? Because I know one of the things I read uh, that I love that you say is learn to lean in. Yes. And but then again, that's that's a way of life. To lean into a critique, to say to a person, "Tell me anything that you need to tell me, and I will certainly lean into this. I will take it in. I will listen without judgment. I'll roll it around inside my heart. I'll hold on to what is mine. I'll give you back what is yours." 
But I, I don't need to get defensive. I don't need just because you say something and I don't like the mirror does not mean I have to smash the mirror. You know, maybe you're seeing something that I don't see, and maybe this is just a projection from you. But inquiry without judgment. Teach me more. Teach me more. Teach me more. Let me know. Teach first. me more. Teach me more. Teach me more. Absolutely. Wow. Because that gets us back into one of those very important principles, Randy, that you mentioned earlier, and that is be the anthropologist. Anthropologists want to discover more. All the time. You know, where do you come from? What do you stand for? What do you believe in? What would you live and die for? What are your unrealized dreams? What do you want out of your life? How can I be a partner in helping you achieve those? That's why this okay, heroic love. Okay, oh, Randy, bear with me. Dot, yes, go ahead. Yeah, bear with me one sec because we're going to come back and get that info. I just got a note that we have Mel on the phone with a question. All right. Mel, go right ahead. Can you hear us? Hello? Mel? Is Mel muted? Can't hear Mel. Oh, dear. Sorry, Mel. Okay. Come back. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I know, Cliff, you're taking calls and taking our Facebook questions and our Twitter questions. Mel, if you can, uh, call back in, and maybe Cliff can open your line so that you can talk with Dr. Randy Gunther and I and everyone. We are in deep conversation with Dr. Randy Gunther, who wrote two fabulous books and has a new book, yeah. Coming mm-hmm. out called Heroic Love. Those oh, probably first end, two books, probably let me remind you. Yeah, it'll be heroiclove.com. Heroiclove.com. Yeah. All right, and let me also tell you that her first two books, and you can grab those anywhere, one is called Love Saboteurs. Relationship Saboteurs. I'm sorry, say that again. Relationship. And then love me. and when love stumbles, when people are and already when in the love stumbles. I uh-huh. collapsed those two titles together, didn't I? When no, love it. stumbles, such as this this really heartbreaking question we got from the gentleman who says his wife is cheating, and then you can hit Randy up. She has heroiclove.com. She also has another website, but maybe people should just go to heroiclove.com. And that'll be out at the end of Grab May. That. Really, really excited about this because this is my soul. This is my heart and my life work. Okay, let's see if Mel has made it back. Cliff, do we have Mel with a question? No, I think her phone was acting up, so uh, she's not with us anymore. All right. And, And Mel, if you're still listening, you want to ask a question, send it via Facebook. And we're getting a lot of our questions via Facebook tonight. We'll be happy to take it that way or tweet it. Cliff will pick it up. You know, right, you, that, you are an enchanting person. Oh, thank you. You My really goodness, are. You. So much fun to talk to you. So much fun to build ideas with. I'm sure a lot of people well, feel that way. Well, we are very much on the same page. So it thrills yeah. me hear a lot of your deep wisdom. And everyone, this is a rare opportunity to hear from someone who's not only an expert in terms of her studies, in terms of her experience working with people, but we are talking to someone who's been married 60 years, and it sounds like it's still interesting and civilizing. So take some notes. I'm sitting here taking notes as you're (laughs) speaking to us, Dr. Randy. I'm serious. I've got two legal-sized pages here. 
filled with great notes because I am learning. And it's very rare in today's world that we see the level of commitment and excitement you and your husband have brought to your relationship. So let me encourage everyone, continue to take notes. We only have a few minutes left. What do you want to leave us with? What is the most important thing well, on my website, that you want us to leave with? On my website, I have one of the greatness, greatest sweetnesses of life is to be deeply known and still beloved. Mm. And I mean, I mean that to the core of my being. You know, if you are not authentic, if you are not known, and you've got a lot of people who love you, but deep inside you have a tremendously lonely feeling because you know that you're acting certain ways to make people love you. So even though everybody's around you telling you how wonderful you are, you have this horrible sense of isolation and being lost inside because you're not really connecting with anybody because you're not really taking any chances to be authentic and to be willing to be a fool to be willing to take chances, to be willing to be dumb, to be willing to just keep trying new things. You know, the neuroplasticity of the brain is remarkable, but it doesn't continue growing if you keep doing the same things over and over and over again. You actually limit the way you think, and you limit your options, and you limit your dreams. So always, 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 you're cleaning out. It's like I tell people, clean out your turtle shell. Stop carrying it with you. Don't carry more than you can dance with in your life. Don't carry more than you can dance with. That's right. That is great advice. I love, love, love that advice. So say that quote again. It's about being authentic, to be known and still greatest, be beloved. Right, one of the greatest weaknesses of life is to be deeply known and still beloved to be deeply known and still beloved. So the responsibility is on each of us to awaken more of our authentic being and to allow that authentic being to be seen, to be known out there in the world. Now, Randy, I want to just footnote the fact that being married for 60 years has allowed you to continue to grow. Oh, I wouldn't do it any other I wouldn't be married 60 years if I weren't growing. Because, you know, you have to. I mean, you know, Greg never knows who I'm going to be next week, and neither do I, and I'm really thrilled about it. And if, any, if somebody says to me, you know, you haven't changed a bit, I feel really insulted. <laughs> like, if I want somebody to say that to me, I want to always be coming up with something different and new and exciting, and I just want to do that. I mean, you know, it's, yeah. it's so much more You haven't fun. changed a bit is an insult, and it's funny because, uh, I mean, it's not funny. It's It's sad. I hear this so frequently with couples when one will say, you know, I need more of this from you. And the other one will say, well, you knew I was like this when we got married and I'm not changing. And I always want to just roll out of my chair onto the floor and go, don't you understand that if you're not changing, the juice is drying up. You the brain is going to shrivel up for one Absolutely. thing, oh, no, as you yeah, said earlier. Can you just live life so surfacely? You know, so if you're not thinking and growing and changing, especially in today's world of so much spin out. You know, I I go to supermarkets and I make it a point to look at the at uh, the person's name. I'll say, Hey, Maggie, how long have you been doing this? You know, if they don't like you, they just turn their head away and look stupid. But most people will look at you and say, Oh, you know, eight years and. Do you like what you do? I mean, it just takes two seconds to make a to make a relationship rather than a role exactly. to role interaction. Two seconds. Exactly. So and some of those are, yeah. oh, Randy, you are so juicy. We have to have you back. I uh, got 
think we could talk to you and your husband together. That would be too much fun. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Get, get all the secrets. All right, everyone, we have had the most exciting conversation tonight. This is Dr. Brandy Gunther that I am speaking to. And in case you need the spelling of her name, it's G-U-N-T-H-E-R. She has now written three books. Okay, you've got that. Relationship Saboteurs, number one, When Love Stumbles, number two, and brand new, coming out in May. That's just a matter of weeks away, maybe eight weeks, maybe less. You can go to heroiclove.com and pick up her new ebook, Heroic Love. And that's about, I'm going to call that grown-up love. Brandy, that's uh, that's like grown-up love. I remember. Yeah, you got to get in there growing, and come out as a grown-up. And growing up is not growing old. Remember that. That's Very right. <laughs> well, it's an honor having you with us tonight. Thank oh, you, Dr. Brandy Gunther. Such a good time. Yeah. Oh, such a pleasure. All right, okay. we will have you back very soon. All right, right, everyone, stay right there for one minute. I want to give you a little more information. Uh, Dr. Randy has that wonderful website with the new book, HeroicLove.com, and she's got great quotes on her other website, www.randygunther.com. It's right. her name, R-A-N-D-I, Gunther, G-U-N-T-H-E-R.com. Go and soak up the wisdom and the experience from this wonderful, I'm going to call her a love artiste. <laughs> coming up, we have, okay, how about that, Randy? That's so beautiful. coming up thank on future so shows, oh, it's my pleasure. And thank you to those who sent us questions, by the way. Coming up, we have Karen Sands who are going to talk to us about love and recovery. We have Lisa McCarthy, who's going to talk about the power of affirmations. And remember, giving and getting good love requires learning. So the end of this month, March 29th and 30th, I am going to lead a two-day live intensive called Hot Wired Success. And we are going to focus on the seven soulful secrets to great love, abundance, and success. That's seven soulful secrets to great love, abundance, and success. So if you want to get hot-wired, join me and our special guest. We're going to have two of them on that weekend. If you want more info, go to drbrendaway.com or hit us back again on Facebook or send us a tweet. We would love to have you be there in person to actually roll up your sleeves and do what Dr. Randy just coached us all to do, and that is keep growing, keep unfolding, be that exciting person who is so alive that you light up your relationship by lighting up your own life. And that is one of the secrets for modern love to be successful. All the research shows those couples that keep growing, those people that keep growing, got the best relationships, and I think that makes good sense. I want to thank our wonderful producer, Mr. LeGrand Green. Thank our host, Cliff, who's been fielding your questions. Cliff Dunning, thank you. Our COO, Michelle Nobriga. And thank you to all of our good love community members out there and our announcer, Ed McClune. 
Thanks to all of you for being on this journey with us every week. Spread the word. Let everyone know good love is available for everybody. Blessings, everyone. I'm Dr. Brenda Williams.